The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This podcast is sponsored by tourtips.com, the online golf betting resource. Tourtips subscriptions for 2021 have been reduced by up to 50%, and their email service is now a free subscription. For all the best in-depth stats and information, visit tour-tips.com, the online golf betting resource. Welcome to the home of the best golf betting tips. All the best bets for the upcoming tournaments, all from experts and all in one place. From the home of the Bet Bites podcast, this is Bet Bites Golf with Dave Tindall and James Butler. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It's another edition of the Golf Betting Podcast. I am James Butler and joined as always by the legendary golf betting pundit that is Mr. Dave Tyndall. Two tournaments to look at today, Dave. But before we do, just a very quick chat on the Ryder Cup with uh, the Europeans um, naming their 12 in the end. He looks like a good 12 to me as well. I know I've seen on Twitter that you've been talking a little bit about Justin Rose being unlucky to miss out. But it seems that Captain Padre Carrington, he's gone for passion. He's gone for experience. He's gone for the team that he wants to see there. Yeah, which is obviously... Hello, everybody, by the way. Um, hello. And you, um, yeah, obviously, um, I think whoever missed out was going to feel unlucky, and rightly so. He, he was just left in one of those positions where there were four obvious candidates and only three spots. Maybe the sort of error was done b- way back when he had chance to maybe go with four wildcard picks. Although I've done a bit of research on that. Having a load of wildcard picks doesn't necessarily mean you end up winning. I think I, look, I looked at the last 10... Normally, it's the same number, but the times when the team who had more, it was just they won just two out of the of the, of the ten, and the team who had fewest also won two out of the ten. Six times they both had the same. So in history, it's sort of it, we go around the houses debating the ins and outs of it, sort of when they're announced. But ultimately, I don't think it particularly matters that much. Patrick Carrington seems quite happy with the team he's got. He's got Sergio Garcia in there. He sees there's a bit of a talisman to kind of spur the team on. And I saw the interviews with Poulter and with Shane Lowry. They both seem really up for it as well. So the Europeans seem to be in a good headspace anyway. Yeah, when you said sort of passion, maybe if, if well, Rose is sort of can get passionate, but he's quite a calm fellow. But I guess if you were talking about judging them all on passion, it would be sort of Poulter and Garcia at the front and then maybe Lowry ahead of Rose. But obviously, it's not all about just beating your chest and going whoa a lot but um it does count for plenty and um yeah, I mean, they're, they're all good picks, aren't they? But I just thought Rose had a good case on that particular course. If it was all about beating your chest and going, whoa, you could pick me. But then my <laughs> round of 98 or something probably wouldn't necessarily get uh, get too many points for the Europeans. Anyway, let's. Uh, I mean, that's not too far away either, 24th to the 26th of this month. So looking forward to that happening. But this, our work today, 
Dave Tyndall is to try and find the best bets in two tournaments. We're going to look at, first of all, at the Dutch Open. Look at the top end of the market there. Thomas Peters, he's the favourite 12 to 1. You've got just behind him, Brennan Grace, who's around about 16's best price. Sam Horsfield, 16's. Thomas Detry is in there at 20's. And Johannes Veerman is in there at 22's. Where are you taking me? Obviously, the Dutch Open, when you think of Dutch golf, you tend to think of Eust Louten. He's one of the uh, best golfers when it comes to updating his own website and actually telling you stuff. A lot of them, you're just scrambling around trying to find something. But he he regularly updates his website on a weekly basis and tells you what he's thinking. And he's very honest with it. When he when he was struggling with chipping, he said, I'm just struggling. When he was a bit injured, he said that. Uh, so it was a bit frustrating yesterday, Tuesday, when uh, there was no update on it. I thought, oh, come on, you don't let me down in your home event. But um Within the last hour or so, he's he's written quite a lengthy little entry on his website, which has uh, got me looking at it. And there's some good stuff in there. So obviously, uh, this is his uh, 15th Dutch Open, he says. A lot of great memories. He was second place in 2007 as a youngster, and then he won it twice at Kenemere in 2013 and the Dutch, another course, in 2016. That's some going because there's so much pressure on him in that week as the kind of only real likely home winner and yet he's won it twice he's lived up to the expectation twice that's really impressive so he talks about the journalists asking him if he can win and he's he kind of gives a fairly stock answer well I'll do my best and golf is golf and all that kind of thing he starts this week with a lot of confidence the, the good thing this week the, the course has moved to a new venue called Bernardus Golf and he says what will help me this week is the fact that I know this job very well. Bernardus Golf is my sponsor. I train and play here often. I know the greens well, nowhere not to miss. That can be an advantage. So he's hopefully it will be a special week. So there's enough there. The fact that he also says his own game is in a good nick. He said, um, you know, he's had a few injuries, but he's now feeling fit and healthy again. Um, so... Everything looks good. Lots of confidence. So 22 to 1 he is, best price, Hugh Slouten. Given that he's given that really detailed and informative update on his own website, you know, and it's not just, it's not just sort of guff that we're, that he's hoping to do well. It's quite specific that he knows the course better than any anyone. He's free from injury. He's confident in his game again after a few bad times. I think it's all coming together for him. So I thought 22 to 1, uh, Hugh Slouten would be our bet in the Dutch Open. Bet Fred and Boyle Sports are the best bet there. 22 to 1 with both of those, but with seven places rather than six and five with some of the other bookmakers on there. Hugh Slouten to win the uh, Dutch Open. And this, this is why we do this like we do it, isn't it? You know, recording as late as we can on a Wednesday to try and pick up the latest information and use uh, update there and in his comments come in because we've waited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this just wasn't available yesterday when most people had their previews out. So um, you couldn't sort of get a steer on everything. I, I think it was known that he had a connection with the club, but sometimes that just means you're, you're an ambassador and you represent them without actually going there much. But it sounds like he knows it pretty well. So uh, you saluting there at 22 to 1 to win the Dutch Open. Jump on our backs, get your passports out. We're coming to see you, America, because we are looking now at the uh, event across the pond, uh, which is the uh, Fortinet Championship. I'll give you the top end of the market for this one as well. John Rahm is the favourite. He's 15 to 4. You've got Webb Simpson in there at 18. You've got um, Kevin Nahr 
He's around about 20s. Will Zalatoris, he's 22 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama, 22s as well. The rest are around about 40 to 1 or bigger. So, uh, John Rahm, I mean, obviously, member of the European um, Ryder Cup team that we mentioned at the top of the show. Every time he starts, he starts very, very short. Are we going with him or have you found somebody else further down that list? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see him. He's, they've just had the Player of the Year award and he didn't win, which has caused a lot of controversy because it's kind of recognised that he is being the best pl- player easily. Although, who, who did then if it wasn't him? Yeah, well, so yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? But Patrick Cantley. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's a vote. I think I think there's a feeling that there's some recency bias going on there because Cantley won the last two events. Although those who've, who've, who were sort of beating the drum for Cantley have said, well, he won four times this season to Rams one, which is fairly strong evidence for why you would vote for him. But when you sort of pick at it a little bit, well, he won one of those basically because Ram got disqualified for COVID, had to withdraw. So that would sort of flipped it to three and two. And then the Tour Championship, although he won, he had a head start, didn't he? Can't they? So he didn't actually shoot the lowest score that week. There's a slight asterisk. Although I guess you could argue from that perspective that he'd, he'd earned the right to start that far ahead, didn't he? And that was that was the kind of the end of, that's how it works, isn't it? And you, you know the rules at the start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the other thing with that, I'd say, is the fact that um, had he not had a start, he might have played differently. He might not have played as defensive. He might have attacked more and shot a lower score. Mm. Equally, he could shot a higher score, but you can never tell what he would have done. He was basing his play on the score that he had. I do think Ram is a bit of a surprise he's playing, to be honest, given there is the Ryder Cup. But he's, I think he's missed quite a few weeks because he had to miss the Olympics, again, because of COVID rulings and, and things. Um, he's got a very good record, very, very good record in... California won the US Open there not so long back as we all well remember so we're in California this week I do have a feeling he'll just prove too good but 72 is a bit short I did maybe maybe the thing to do with Ram I, I looked at him for first round leader but 10 to 1 for first round leader that's too sort of short I did think it may be worth doubling up Ram and Loughton in a win double you said 72 that best price of actually 15 to 4 on John Rahm Okay. To uh, to win um, across the pond. So if we if we double them up and we stick John Rahm in there at fifteen to four, um, and then scoop back across the uh, the water and we stick in East Loughton in the Dutch Open at twenty two to one, wasn't he? Let's have a look. We'll find East on the odds checker. Other websites are available. You can get over a hundred to one double. I've got 108.25 to 1 as a yes. double. Yes, yeah, me too. Ram at 15 to 4, Loughton at 22 to 1. It's worth half a point, isn't it, that, surely? If it comes in, it's, uh, it makes it for a very nice weekend. End of weekend, isn't it, with uh, Euston yeah. uh, and John on our side. So good luck to them, and hopefully that comes in, because if we can land a nice 108.25 to 1 double, we could have the rest of the year off, Dave. Yeah, you won't see us for dust, will you, to be honest. <laughs> I've got one other bet. In the Fortinet, actually, in America, California. Uh, This is in the first round leader market. I'm going to go with Joseph Bramlett, a guy who's just won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, uh, which has got him his PGA Tour card. Uh, He is a local. He's another one who I've seen interviewed this week. Um, He's obviously on high after winning that Corn Ferry, the the kind of second tier. But he said, yeah, I'm um, about an hour and a half from home. Definitely enjoying some nice NorCal vibes, North California vibes. I love the course, love the place. I'm ready to go. It feels like, just like Northern California this week, the grass is what I grew up on. I love the trees. It feels very comfortable. All good. I mean, you could back him out, right? But I just had a slight preference for first round leader. 
in terms of him getting you the each way money back, he's more likely to do it via playing well in the first round. If you look at his, his actual finishes, he's struggling to find any sort of top tens, really. There's one at the Byron Nelson, uh, but then that's you having to go back over a year to find another one. But that's not the case in the first round leader market where he was fourth after day one at the Honda Classic. He was third after day one at the Byron Nelson. He was eighth after day one at the Rocket Mortgage. He was third after day one at the Barbasol. Eighth after day one at the Boise Open a couple of weeks ago. 16th after day one at the Corn Ferry. He, he, he does his best stuff in the first round. The way of cashing in on him being on a high after his Corn Ferry win and his local connections would be to uh, play that market. And I think you can get 100 to 1, actually, on Joseph Bramlett. I was actually being backed. He's 80s, seems to be 80s now. That's still fine. Bit of 90s with a few less places, but 80 to 1, six places at, at Paddy Power and Betfair. 80 to we 1, will. then, for uh, Joseph Bramlett to be the first round leader and obviously stake, sit that eight each way. And then if, uh, if Joseph comes good for us, 80 to 1 for him to be ahead after the first 18 holes. We've got some big prices there this week, Dave Tindall. We've got Eusel Luton and 22 to 1 each way to win the Dutch Open. John Rahm and Eusel Luton as a double. Um, John Rahm over the pond in the Fortinet and Eusel Luton in the Dutch Open. 108.25 to 1 as a double for those two to top the tree, to be on top of the podium, whatever phrase you want to use. And then Joseph Bramlett, the uh, Corn Ferry Tour champion to be the first round leader in the force net. He's 80 to 1 to be in that situation. If we even get one of those uh, that comes close this weekend, we are quite happy little betting bunnies on the uh, Golf Betting Podcast this week. Dave Tyndall, as always, expert analysis. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the golf and thank you. Cheers, James. Yeah, speak next week. Thank you, everybody out there for listening as well. Enjoy the golf yourselves. And whether you go with Dave, whether you go your own way, gamble responsibly. And good luck with all of your bets. We will, of course, see you this time next week as well. Bet Bites Golf is a sports betting media production. Our multi sport Bet Bites podcast is released every Friday. Please gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for all the information. Podcast Network.